Good Friday today. I don't know if you uh, think that Easter is the most important time of the year, but I, I really think that it's most the most significant time of the year. And today we're, we're gathering on a, a significant day of uh, looking at Christ's death for us. It's a very different time uh, this year. Usually we're, we're gathered together and for the first time in our lives we're, we're separate at, at Easter. But we have here uh, God's word and God's presence and we have the good news of, of Jesus. And we'll be looking at that through the passage today and uh, just announcing what good news is for us at Easter. Roger challenged us uh, some time back to read the Gospel of Mark and, and it went with the question of, of who is Jesus. And I, I don't know how much you, you've read or where you are with that, that question. I know Louis uh, got, got right into it and I, I started and, and then I've gone to, to the end of, of the gospel. But many of us have a, a, a strong personal conviction of who Jesus is just, just by reading the gospels and, and our own encounter with, with Jesus. And that encounter leads us to the cross. So we'll be looking at this story that's been read out today of Jesus' death on the cross and seeing what it says to us. One thing that stood out for me straight away for the disciples, it, wasn't, it was very different from us, but in one way it had some similarities. They didn't have a freedom of movement and they weren't meeting together as they regularly did. They fled when Jesus was arrested uh, Peter came back and, and denied Jesus, but, but they were uh, away uh, from meeting together in, in, in the way they were used to. Another remarkable thing, I think if, if you read Mark's Gospel through and, and you're thinking um, yeah, this, this is good news and it'll come to a happy ending or a, a different ending, uh, it doesn't seem to come to uh, a certain ending. And, and the point is that it ends at the cross and, and we're there and, and the good news goes to the world that we live in and, and we've got to find our way out of that. Good Friday in one sense is uh, the end of Jesus' life. He dies on the cross and we'll look at that. But it's also again uh, where we begin with, with the good news. The earliest Gospels finished at, at chapter 16, verse 9, and, and it said they, they said nothing to anyone because they were, they were fearful. So, and it's a world like ours that they were fearful. The women went to the, the tomb to find the stone rolled away, and, and they were alarmed. And it's like this news keeps coming. Uh, what, what's next for them? In the passage today, I just want to highlight two things to bring them out. And the first is the cry of Jesus, and the second one is the isolation of Jesus. And I hope we can just stay with these. It's what we do on Good Friday. It's a, in one way, it's a somber day, and we just sit and we're reflecting at the cross. We, we tend to, uh, to move past suffering and move on from suffering and we don't want to hear that, that, those cries, those harsh cries. Um, but if, if we take the, the Easter hymns, we can stop it and reflect. Uh, one hymn is, uh, O sacred head now wounded, uh, 
Um, another hymn is, we would probably know a lot of us very well, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, on which uh, the Prince of Glory died, the, the richest gain I count but loss, and poor contempt on all my pride. So, so things of, of deeper significance are here uh, for us today of our faith. And first, it's a cry, Jesus' cry, call it a cry of lament. And what that is, is, is really crying out, asking for God, but, but God doesn't seem to be there. He's, God seems to be uh, in the past, but, but not where uh, we are now. So it could be a time of fear or a time of, of relocation, it can be a time of confusion, or, or a time of, of death and dying. Jesus' cry echoes the psalm that he would have memorised, Psalm 22. It goes, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my words of groaning? Oh my God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer by night and I am not silent. Psalm 137, it, it's a picture of, of the people being taken out of their country and, and, and taken captive to Babylon. And there's a picture there, they, they took their joyful uh, instruments that they sung and played with and they hung them up on the trees there. And their captors uh, came, their tormentors came and said, Sing us a song, sing us a joyful song like we saw in Jerusalem. And, and they reflected probably to themselves, how can we sing the joyful song in, in this strange and alien place? And they say, again, probably to, to themselves, if I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. So that hand that played that music, I'm not going to play that music. May the tongue, my, may my tongue cling to the roof of my, my mouth, so I'm not going to sing anymore. If, if I can't sing of Jerusalem as my greatest joy, I, I won't fake it and pretend to sing with joy. The Book of Lamentations uh, recites in detail how Jerusalem was destroyed and, and it adds these words. Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by, look around and see? Is any suffering like my suffering that was inflicted on me, that the Lord has brought on me in the day of his anger? So just, just stopping for a moment with the, the cry of Jesus, staying, if we can, with the, the cries in our own situation. As I said, we, we tend to... to shy away from the sufferings and, and the cries. I've spoken to people who, who've taken on a lot of the, the, the bad news and, and become sort of saturated with it and, and, and it immobilizes us and, and we don't want to do that. The other way we could take it is, is we could uh, set ourselves up in our home and, and um, have, have be a sort of an island and, and we've got our food and our our screens and Netflix and everything and we're all set up and we don't hear uh, what any anyone else is going through. We don't do lament. So what do we do? I'm, I'm suggesting that we hear the cries 
of people, but we hear them with earshot of, of the cross. And what I'm saying is that the, the, the people are together around the cross and, and no one is away from Jesus' cry and Jesus' presence that, that comes to us from the cross. And, and so it's simply just to remain in, in God's presence, what we do every day, our, our prayers, um, the encounters we have, even if it's over uh, Zoom or, or whatever, all those encounters and, and lift our life and our situation to God. A German teenager found himself a prisoner of war at the end of World War II in a, in a camp. And his name was Jürgen Moltmann and later he became a theologian. And he described how he, the hard experience, the lonely experience of three long years that he spent in that camp and he was away from his, his home, he felt the guilt of what had gone, he felt distant from his fellow prisoners, he couldn't speak his heart. And, and into that, uh, uh, an army chaplain uh, bought him a Bible. Uh, it was the Psalms and, and the New Testament, and, and he didn't really know what to do with this book. Anyway, he started to read it, and, and he found that the, the Psalms of, of Lament um, really spoke to him and, and expressed something of what he was going through. And, and he said that Psalm 39 uh, really described him to a T. Uh, I'll read that. I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I'll put a muzzle on my, my mouth as long as the wicked are in my presence. But when I was silent, still not even saying anything any good, my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me, and as I meditated, the fire burned. And then I spoke with my tongue. Show me, O Lord, my, my life's end, the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. And, and he read... He went on to read Mark's Gospel and he said he found the understanding. He was conscious of what he was reading and he said when he came to the death cry of Jesus on the cross, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was then that he knew that here was the divine brother in his distress, the one who leads us out on his way. And his deepest life conviction was that God is present in the cross and that God would always be present in all the forsaken moments, in all the times of, of suffering, in all the times of isolation. So I wanted to say something about the isolation of Jesus because we're, we're, we're talking about self-isolation and social distancing. Like my daughter is, uh, is isolated at the moment at the government expense in a motel and we're going to go and, uh, and meet her next Tuesday, and that, that will be a, a joy. But there's a, there's a distance in this story. The, Jesus is, is distant from God as he cries out. The disciples uh, are distant. The, the, uh, the men aren't even mentioned, and, and the women who are very close to Jesus, caring for him, 
they're, they're watching from a distance. The moving point for me in, in the story is that people looked at Jesus on the cross and they, they thought, would someone come to comfort him and, and, and save him? Would Elijah come to, to bring him down and comfort him? But in the end, no one came and, and Jesus died alone. So, so that is, is Jesus' own experience. He's alone, he dies on the cross. And, and we, we see it there as, as we look at the cross today. But, but our experience of the cross is, is a different experience. In it, we see that God is coming close to us. In our isolation, we can, we can call to God for, for, for help, for comfort, and, and we can find that God is there, coming close to us. In the risen Jesus, we're, we're a band of people at the moment who... who are working together in a time of greater isolation. So seeing, seeing the distance in, in this story, but then seeing how, how God bridges the distance, the distance between, between us and other people and, and between us and, and God in, in the cross. I, I know this is a difficult time for, for people. Um, Louis knows of a church and its motto, its words are something like, uh, we, we never stand alone or we stand with each other. So I'd just like to, to encourage you to keep reaching out through your groups, um, through the people you know, uh, going wider than that to, to other people. Um, and, and also if, if uh, at UBC you need extra assistance to, to call um, for Louis or Grenville or, or myself. Through, through this passage, we're, we're staying with, with the cry of Jesus and the isolation of Jesus. But, but this is Easter and we don't want to overlook the good news of Jesus. And when Jesus died, two things happened. First, that the temple curtain was torn in two. And then the, the soldier, the centurion who, who was close to the cross, announced some words that surely this man was the son of God. When the, the curtain opened, it was like God's presence is, is breaking out. It's, it's also a point of, of, of good news. And it's saying that, that, that God's presence is joined to everything that, that Jesus did and said, the significance of, of who he is uh, then and for us now. And, and present with us now and, and in our world. And, and then uh, it says, I heard this uh, phrase that, that Jesus is risen from the cross. And, and here Mark's really saying that immediately at the cross, the good news starts. God saves us in the cross. That's where it begins. God's presence comes to us in, in Jesus' prayer and in in his dying, even though he knew none of it. And then the, the, the soldier, the centurion, adds his own words of, of conviction. And what he's, he's saying is, is that what I see here, this is Jesus' way, this is God's path, and, and this is what it means for, for Jesus to be the Son of God. 
So the whole, the whole of the gospel, it doesn't bypass uh, Jesus' suffering. It doesn't bypass the cross. It doesn't go past his cry and his isolation, but it announces the good news that comes out of his isolation, out, out of his cry. It announces who, who Jesus is and who we are. A friend asked me why it was called Good Friday, and I think it's called Good Friday for, for that, that very reason. To finish with, with a comment, I read Mark's Gospel invites us to reframe our worship and to rethink the good news. One day in the Roman Empire, the good news of Jesus was announced in a time of, of fear and a time of panic. And this is where it comes and, and breaks out for us today with our friends, with our, our family, with the people we know, the people far and near. And it, it comes uh, with us, whether we live in Olveston or anywhere beyond. Let's pray. Dear God, uh, we um, pray that we would know your close presence and we pray that your presence would be with us uh, from the cross. Um, we pray that we would understand more of you in this Easter time. And uh, we thank you that we can uh, be together today in, through technology in all sorts of different ways, even though it is a different experience for us. And amen. Music